The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Unmoved and now Aston Villa on the charge with Ollie Watkins. A magical finish after a sleepy first half. On we go and Aston Villa lead. But here come Manchester United looking for the immediate repost. with him. Young tries to tempt it over for Bailey. And in it goes. Diogo Delo. Just couldn't get out of the way. Rashford on to Ericsson. Might roll for Rashford again. And still. You're listening to BetMUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the BetMUFC Twitter account at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. The Soccer Gambling Podcast is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And finally, you can follow my Twitter account. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. The Twitter account for LockBetting.com, the premium pay service that's delivered 113 months in a row of transparent track profit. And you can see the PL sheet for month number 113 as the pinned tweet on the at LockBetting.com Twitter account. Sign up in time for the World Cup, where I'll be posting all of my plays and all of my futures plays. But if you want to get your futures podcast covering all of the groups, make sure you subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast. I've already released groups A to D across two podcasts, and I'll do the remaining groups next week as the tournament starts next Sunday. And when it starts, we'll be posting a podcast on the Soccer Gambling Podcast every two days. Every 48 hours, you will be getting eight games covered on those podcasts. And the only way to make sure you don't miss out is to subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast. So 
Moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, we played Aston Villa twice since you last heard from me in relation to talking about the Premier League. Obviously, there was a midweek show looking at the reaction towards the Barcelona game and the general status of Manchester United's Europa League campaign. It was always going to be the case that we would get a tough draw as a result of finishing second in that group. Obviously, there were easier teams coming through in the Champions League, but I just had a feeling it was going to be a Juve, an Ajax or a Barcelona, and it ended up being Barcelona. A lot of people predicted that, as I mentioned on Twitter. I recommend you guys go and listen to that show if you want to hear my reaction to the Barcelona game, the reaction to the overall Europa League draw and how I think it will play out. But we're here to talk about the Premier League game. And before we move on to talking about United's final game before the World Cup against Fulham, let's look back at the two games against Villa. The difference between the two performances was day and night. Manchester United got off to a lacklustre start. Aston Villa certainly came out fast with that new manager bounce. They were 2-0 up before you knew it. Man United managed to get back into the game, but then once again started the second half very, very poorly. And once again, it was another game where Cristiano Ronaldo was completely ineffective. Fast forward to Thursday, he wasn't in the lineup, and Manchester United managed to play fast, free flowing football and pressed Aston Villa to get that third goal in the game. They reacted immediately to going a goal down, and they scored four goals in 45 minutes. In games that Ronaldo's played, Man United haven't scored four goals in four games. So it is becoming very clear that he's the problem. And uh, I don't really want to see him playing in the Fulham game. He hasn't travelled with the squad anyway. From talking to some of my sources who were there when Manchester United left the training ground, he didn't train and he wasn't on the train because Man United take the train into London. It's two hours from Stockport Station to Euston Station and Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't on it. So unless he travels privately to London which in itself I think is a problem, um, then Cristiano Ronaldo won't feature tomorrow, giving Manchester United a better chance of doing what they did against Aston Villa, which is playing fast, free-flowing football, covering a lot of ground, pressing up the pitch, pressing the defence as they did for the third goal against Villa and hopefully coming away with the win. Before we break down the odds and whatnot for that game, I want to listen to what Eric Ten Hag had to say. I want you guys to listen to what Eric Ten Hag had to say after the victory against Aston Villa because he did touch on the defeat and then he did touch on the win. And then after we listen to that, we will move on to the game against Fulham on Sunday. Eric, there you go. Thank you very much for joining us. As we were just saying to Marcus Rashford, that was a tale of two halves, really. Very different second half to first half. Or two halves, never the same, man. <laughs> but it's true. But uh, I wouldn't say um, first half we control the game, and um, by good pressing we win a lot of balls on opponents' half. But then we did the wrong things. We were really bad in transition, uh, missing the pass. We get runs behind, but then one step too late we pass the ball behind. And so we miss a lot of opportunities in the first half. And then the last part, I think the last seven, eight minutes, we were also sloppy on the ball. We get some uh, corners against. So the um, halftime we said, keep the pressing, but um, be more direct, pass the ball behind their defense. And then we came back, we get down, and then we fight back. And so I really proud of the team that they could do that after Sunday's defeat, after two times we were down. So we are happy tonight. So the message at halftime was play that ball in behind quicker. Yes, they play with a high line, 
and then pass the ball behind. And I think we were quite successful with that uh, in the second half. I think to move the ball, I mean, in, in the first half, it was a slower game, lots of touches and stuff. In the second half, because you moved it quicker, Villa just couldn't get into those defensive positions quick enough. He was getting slid down the side in between um, centre-half and, and full-back. And I think that's where you had your joy. And with the runs of Marcus and Martial, you're always going to get chances, aren't you? Right, they have the capabilities to do that. And, but also Bruno, uh, Canaccio. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, from the from the auto the second wave the second line uh, with Scott with his runs uh, they have the capabilities to get behind and uh, they did it well uh, Peter also made the point that when Christian Eriksen came on that gave you more control as well yeah that was on purpose yeah who can give that ball that was the problem in the first half I think I said uh, the problem in the first half was that we had too many touches and we missed the moment to pass the ball behind and that's why we bring Christian Eriksen on the pitch I think it's, sorry Peter it's sorry. great to see it's great to see that side of your team you know you go down twice and then you get that Man United spirit here at Old Trafford we are not going to give up and you just kept going and going and going and you wore them down in the end yeah I'm really happy with that resilience and that's what we need and that we have to show um, every game that's why I was uh, so disappointed uh, I, I was really mad on Sunday with the performance from us because we didn't fight uh, we didn't cooperate uh, we were uh, sloppy uh, especially in the defensive discipline and that cannot be a uh, United player always has to show 100% discipline in the defending work you're nearly halfway there the World Cup is uh, the week after next one, one game left um, as a coach coming into this league, into this country, playing these games, and they're coming thick and fast, what, what, what have you learned? What, what are your experiences from, from, from this period here? Oh, what I see, it's, it's a quick game, it's an intense game. And so uh, what we have to do better, um, we have to play football in a higher intensity because that the top teams can do. And I think we make a step in the right direction. But also on the ball, as you said, first half, we can uh, better in control. Find the moments where you can get more composure on the ball uh, to drag an opponent out and then find the moments where we can speed up. And so I think we are in the right direction, but still a long way to go. Finally, Eric, will, will this pause for the World Cup help you? Uh, not, not your players, but you as a, as, a, as a manager and as a coach. You've been playing twice a week virtually since August. Does it give you a, a bit of breathing space to step back and, and analyse how your first few months has gone? Uh, I think that is what we uh, continually do. Um, analyse, uh, reflect on our performances. But of course, now you have a little bit more time and we can go a little bit more deeper in the stuff and we will do. And we will see where we can improve. Uh, we will have a, a good, good reflection uh, where we can improve, uh, definitely. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much, Eric. Appreciate it. I'll take the microphone off you. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. Good to see you. Take uh, care. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, so you had Schmeichel and Dublin there. Dion Dublin sometimes acts like he was a Man United legend or something and also constantly interrupted Ten Hag there to give his tactical analysis, um, which was a little bit annoying. But Ten Hag, spot on with everything there. Ten Hag is much better in that environment when he's asked to talk about tactics and, and how he implemented tactics and why he made changes rather than when he's in the press conferences and he's asked about who's going to play and who's injured and 
what he thinks about this situation or that situation. You won't get anything out of him. He's not going to talk about anything personal. He's not going to give too much away about who's fit and who's injured and who's getting on with who. Like He's not going to talk about any of that kind of stuff. You're hardly going to get anything out of him. But when you get him into this kind of environment, when he's talking with ex-players and we're talking tactics and the implementation of tactics, if you're interested in that kind of thing, then Eric Ten Hag is great. Pep Guardiola is also the same. He's come on to Sky Sports and done that a few times. And uh, I enjoy listening to that. But one of the things that he said there was that he was really, really mad after the performance on, on Sunday. That's good to hear. And it's good to see that we actually got a reaction out of the players. Man United now obviously have a a great chance of going far in this competition because we saw a lot of teams drop out in this third round graveyard on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday with um, West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, all these London clubs dropping out of the competition. And then we're aided, of course, by the fact that Manchester City have been drawn against Liverpool whilst we're at home to Burnley. So we're going to lose either Manchester City and Liverpool, probably Liverpool, and it's going to leave Man United in a very, very strong position to potentially meet Manchester City in a cup final at Wembley if they can avoid each other en route. Obviously, you still have Newcastle in this competition, but some significant names have dropped out, giving Manchester United a very, very good chance to end their silverware drought. They also mentioned the World Cup there in relation to Man United. We are going to do... One final episode of BetMUFC before the World Cup. And it's going to be talking about the Manchester United players who are going to the World Cup. What kind of impact they're going to have. What kind of minutes you can expect from them. Obviously, one of the main focuses will be on Cristiano Ronaldo. This is probably going to be, well, I almost think it's guaranteed to be his last World Cup. His last chance to win a World Cup. And I think the same can be said of Messi. So it'll be interesting to see if one of those players can win it. So that will be one of the things we focus on. But also we'll look at the the other players going to the World Cup, um, particularly Portugal and Brazil. They have a lot of Manchester United players in terms of uh, Anthony and Casemiro going. Uh, we have Lissandra Martinez, of course, going to um, the World Cup with Argentina. And in Portugal, we have Dallo, Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Then we have, of course, the England players as well with Shaw, Maguire and Rashford all included and Jaden Sancho not included. So we'll talk all about that on the on the Bet MUFC World Cup show. Another bonus show for you guys next week to go along with all the group stage previews and the final futures preview, which will be the outright markets, the, the goal scorer markets, all of the props that basically don't get covered within the groups. So we're now going to move on to the game against Fulham. Before we listen to Ten Hag talking about that, let me take a quick time out here to tell you guys about Wimbet. If you guys are thinking about joining Wimbet, now is the perfect time. Wimbet is offering you great promos, odds and payouts and they're happening right now at Wimbet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Wimbet has what you need to win. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive your special offer. Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. There's so much to choose from and all you need to do is head over to sportsgallonpockets.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgallonpockets.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now the office subject to change. Those are available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gallon problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And finally, let me tell you guys about the SGPN Merch Store. 
get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the DGEN in your life. I personally wear this stuff myself. I'm always asking Sean and Ryan to send me more. It's top quality merchandise made by top quality manufacturers. You're looking at stuff made there by Badger, North Face, Under Armour. I've got loads of this stuff. Some of it is three or four years old and it still looks new. So I can't recommend it enough. And I can't recommend you guys getting involved ASAP because from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code Dallas Sucks. What do you think about Results of Manchester City, they appear to be a better team than they were when they were last in the Premier League. So what do you think about what you're facing at the weekend? Oh God, it's going to be a really tough game. And um, I think in the Premier League, everything very close. But what I have seen from Fulham so far is really energetic. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, also play really decent football uh, out from the back. I remember the game against Liverpool, start of the season. Uh, and so you have to be really good there to get a result. So uh, we have to do everything what is in our power to get the, the right result. And uh, that is what we're preparing now. Have we seen the best of Man United since you took over? Today? Have we seen the best of, of United in any game? Uh, I think we played some, some more good games <laughs> than, than only tonight. Uh, um, but I think what we what we need is consistency, and um, and from consistency, of course, we want to bring the consistency on a higher level. Eric, um, uh, there's something to be about Harry Maguire's form of match fitness going to World Cup. But in your opinion, do you feel he's ready? If he's ready. Harry Maguire has been some debate about yeah. his form of match fitness. In your opinion, do you feel he's ready? I think so, that he's ready. Uh, I see him every day training. I see his games. I think he's, um, he's, uh, he, uh, he came back from injury, but he's ready uh, to perform on the highest level. From the start of the, the season or pre-season to this break now, how would you rate what Manchester United have done? Have you got as far as you thought you would, not as far, maybe a bit further? Where, where would you say Manchester United are? Oh, I, must say I, I hoped that we, were where, that we were here where we are now. But game better is to ask me the question after Sunday. Sunday is going to be a really, I think, important game. But if you see, if you look into the progress of in the process, Hey, then yeah, you can make an analyze, you can make a reflection on it right? till so far, till, till today. And I think we progress, but I think so one of the conclusions you already can make, that is, uh, I said just a question from Jamie about uh, the front line, that is a concern. Uh, and I think we, um, I think we really made progress in football, uh, pressing play out from the back, also attacking. But the final third, that game, we have to improve. But then you have to be um, uh, numbers available. And also, when we have to cover so many games, then you need rotation. Uh, otherwise, you don't keep the players fresh. And so we need the players who are available 
for and then on the highest level. Uh, so we need high level players uh, in the front line. Is that new players or the players that you've already got you need to be fit or both? Both. Um, but first look in, in our squad and I think so we are happy. Uh, we, we talked a, lo- a lot now about Canaccio, but yeah, that is the question. Can he stay in this development? Can he keep that line, uh, that, that pattern uh, from improving? And then he can contribute. And I think, yeah, that will be a really uh, contribution to the squad because we need that. Uh, we need that the numbers. So he talks about Ganacha there whilst also talking about needing new players on top of that. That can only mean that he wants certain players to go because when you look at the numbers that we have and the players that we have, it should be enough. When you're looking at Rashford, Sancho, Martial, Ganacho, Ronaldo, Alanga, this should be enough. But obviously, Alanga, I can tell you, isn't up to par. Cristiano Ronaldo is a massive distraction and he influences how we play on the pitch negatively. He cannot play the style that Eric Ten Hag wants to implement. We are much worse off as an attacking force with Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch. But when we do end up playing with uh, Rashford, Martial and Anthony, who I didn't just mention there, but that that was probably our, our front three that we would pick if we had everybody available. And then you have Ganacho making a run for the side. Jaden Sancho, who is a £70 million player, isn't really getting a look in at the moment. I feel like he's been taken over by Ganacho at the moment. And then you have, obviously, the Ronaldo issue with um, Ronaldo wanting to play. And when he doesn't play, he causes a drama and the drama leaks into the press and then the press um, run with that and it becomes a bigger story than anything Manchester United do. For example, when he walked off the bench, it overshadowed our best performance of the season, which was the 2-0 win against Tottenham. So Eric Ten Hag almost has to manage that situation. He almost is forced to give Ronaldo minutes, even though it completely changes the way that we play. Um, when, you're play when you're paying someone half a million pound a week, he needs to get some game time, especially when his tantrums then distract from what the players are doing on the pitch. And that's all the column inches. And then Eric Ten Hag has to talk about it constantly. This distraction needs to leave. Um, Anthony Alanga isn't good enough. And and Martial, he is good enough, but he needs to sort out his injury record. Otherwise, it does only leave us with Rashford, Anthony and out of form Sancho, which means Ganacho is going to get game time. So it is interesting what he's saying. But what I think he's saying is that We don't want to stick with what we have. We want to get some guys out of the door and we want to bring in another player who can push for the starting lineup. Or perhaps maybe the main target would be that number nine who can press, who can do a lot more than Ronaldo does because Ronaldo's a statue, which is fine. If you want to be a statue, you've got to score goals when the chances come to you. And this current version of Cristiano Ronaldo, this 37-year-old Ronaldo, doesn't do that. Um, I think the ideal signing for us, if I was to pick somebody who could fit in here and play this style and would be able to score goals and is young enough to give us a long-term contribution, it would be Victor Osterman from Napoli. I think he would be perfect. 
he scores goals, he presses, he works hard, he moves out to um, to create a gap for the wingers to to move into in terms of pulling defenders away. I mean, he pretty much he pretty much does everything that we need from him, and his movement is at the level of Marcus Rashford, and his finishing is better because there's no doubt when Rashford's played in the middle, he's looked dangerous, but he has missed a lot of chances. Martial's a better finisher, but as I as I mentioned, and as Ten Hag mentioned as well. Um, the fitness is the issue. So everything looks good at the moment for United compared to last season. Eric Ten Hag says we are where we're, where we're supposed to be. I didn't even think we'd be this far. When we look at the performances against Liverpool, Arsenal and Tottenham and in the game against Liverpool where we outrun them and the Tottenham game where we outplayed them. In the Arsenal game, we were able to um, ride a change of momentum and come back and win. And that's a win against Arsenal that looks better and better all the time because as we close out the Premier League for five weeks to break up for the World Cup, Arsenal are five points clear at the top. And the only team that had beaten them was Manchester United at Old Trafford. And we did it relatively convincingly in the end by a 3-1 scoreline. So it is important to finish off with a win when we take on Fulham tomorrow. Eric Ten Hag has been good coming off a loss and getting Manchester United to bounce back. And it could be argued, obviously, the bounce back was already against Aston Villa from the Aston Villa loss. We bounced back with a win against Aston Villa. But... This is the next league game after that. And he said the key is consistency. And consistency isn't bouncing back with one win and then dropping points immediately again. Consistency is losing a game and then winning five, six, seven games in a row like we did after um, we lost to Brentford and bounced back against Liverpool. We went on a solid run before we lost to City. Then went on another solid run. So we'll be looking to do that again, although it will be interrupted by the World Cup. United here are available at 19 to 20. So just a shade under even money to get the win away to Fulham tomorrow. It's 11 to 4 on the draw. And Fulham are the 27 to 10 underdogs. Fulham have had a very, very strong start to the season, no doubt about it. But without Alexander Mitrovic in their team, they are a different proposition. They do carry less threat. And I strongly feel that Manchester United will be able to win this game tomorrow. And that's not support or bias. You know that doesn't exist on this show. Many, many times I have picked against Man United and I have been correct. And many times I have picked for Man United and I've been correct. In fact, we've given out two locks this year on the show on Bet MUFC and uh, they have gone 100%. They've started out 2-0 and and um, I was very tempted to go with another one here tomorrow because I do feel very strongly about this spot for United. United have won four of their last five matches in all competitions and I think they will recover from that defeat against Aston Villa here against the Fulham team who have a leaky defence and they have overperformed to sit in the top half. They are overperforming their metrics here. Uh, as the underlying numbers tell you, they could be out of their depth in this clash and in the second half of the season. So ultimately, I don't think that overperformance will continue in the second half of the season and hopefully it will start tomorrow, especially with Alexander Mitrovic not in the side. I do think that Man United will have to score more than once, though, to come away with the win because this Fulham side have seen both teams score in 10 of their last 12 league games. So they're definitely capable of getting on the score sheet with or without Mitrovic. And without Varane, United's defence is a lot more vulnerable. But their forward line, whoever he starts with, as long as it's not Ronaldo, as long as it's not Alanga, they should have enough to see off Fulham who have conceded 14 times in 14 matches. So 
I'm very, very high on United getting the win tomorrow. And I think the price of 19 to 20 is appealing. The win can't take Man United any higher up the table because Tottenham landed our lock today by beating Leeds but it will keep Manchester United in touch with the top four. So your main lean for this show is a very simple one. It's Manchester United on the money line as they look to close the gap between themselves and Tottenham to just three points with Manchester United still having a game in hand. As I said, um, there will be one final episode of Bet MEFC before the World Cup. That will be the World Cup edition of Bet MEFC, looking at all of the Manchester United players who are going to the World Cup and how much game time they can expect, how far they expect to go in the tournament. Obviously, we'll explore that Messi-Ronaldo narrative. And I think we'll talk a little bit on that show as well about if Ronaldo is going to actually come back after the World Cup. Um, many people thought this might be his last game against Fulham, but I don't think he's going to make the squad. So that defeat against Aston Villa, where he was the captain, could be his final game as a Manchester United player. Let's hope so. As I said, I'm not a Ronaldo hater. Um, I do believe he's a club legend, but at the moment it's become crystal clear that we are a worse team with Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch. So that's it for me and this episode of Better Me FC. Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.